Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We started something last week, and uh, we're going to continue it, uh, called The Hope. And here's, here's where we're going with that tonight. I want to talk about how to recognize your new identity in Christ. How to begin to recognize your new identity in Christ. Uh, the benefit is it, it's a much stronger, stable you. And it begins to answer God's call, his higher call on your life. So we want to begin to recognize what our higher identity is, our higher benefit, that, that the benefits of being associated with and identifying with Christ. So I'll recap a little bit and then we'll go, let's pray first. Heavenly Father, we're thankful tonight that we have an opportunity to come, to sit in air conditioning, to be in a nice place, to be able to worship you and to thank you and to, and to hear your word. Father, which really changes us. It gives light to us. It shines light on our path. It changes us on the inside. It gives us vision. And without vision, people perish. But Lord, we're not people without vision. Thank you for talking to us tonight. Thank you for ministering through me by your spirit. Thank you we have ears to hear and open hearts. And Lord, we just expect to leave here stronger than how we came in. And we'll give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We talked about Paul's letter to the Ephesians and he talked about his prayer in Ephesians 1. And this was Paul's prayer to them. He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And that, that thought continues. But basically Paul's prayer is that we would see and know. Remember he wasn't praying that they'd be blessed. He prayed he was praying they would know what's going on, that they are already blessed, that who we are, what we are, and God's power towards us. And then we begin to talk a little bit about identity. And we talked about what, what do you identify with? And, of course, that, that word is being kicked around a whole lot more now. But it's a very important word. And, and the more I study it and the more I look at it and the more I realize how important it is, it, it really becomes a very foundational thing and this was Paul was praying he's praying for the church he said he said I'm praying that they would that they would understand the hope the expectation of God's calling he said well Alan I'm not called you're called you're a, you're a preacher you're called no 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 all of us are called and if you're in God's kingdom all of us are called he didn't say everyone's called to preach but the calling is an invitation and God is inviting us to a different way of life and it's a higher way of life it's a better way of life and all of us are called to that. It's, so it's not just, we're, we're not just thinking, well, some are called and some are not. We've used that term wrong. I think we, we you, know, I, we, I, you know, I believe someone's, we, we'll say this frequently, I believe someone's got a call of God on their life. Well, that's all of us. All of us have a call of God on our lives. We're called maybe to do different, we have different job functions, but all of us have a higher calling. And, and we're going to talk about that because it's really important and our identity is tied up in that. Now, we said there's a lot of things you can identify with. And one of the challenges is you don't want to identify your whole life on something that will change. If you were a high school football star, but that was in 1975, <laughs> you don't want to continue to identify. I mean, don't be wearing your letter jacket. 
Am I right on that? Amen. Did you ever see a guy who like he can barely squeeze into his letter jacket, and you, and you know that thing's at least 45 years old, and you're, you're watching, you're thinking, bro, you're trying way, way too hard. Those days are gone. Take the eight track out your car; they're gone. They're they're abs- they're gone. And so you can identify with those things. Now, now Peter talked about it because you know a lot of times people can identify with their looks. But listen, listen to what Peter said. First Peter one. He said, because all flesh is as grass. And this is going to, this, this will encourage you. And all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers, its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. How many of you know? And it's not fun to think about, it, but you're not going to look and feel like you did how many, well, I'll just say, how many of you are in your 20s right now? Can we, can we see? That's a good age. Don't be lying now. I mean, who, how many are you? All right, in, in your 20s. Yeah. How many of you are not in your 20s and you realize that was a golden age for you physically? You, you were the, the, did you, and how many of you recognize they ain't coming back either? So, yeah. but, but the idea and how many of you realize some people are trying and it does not look good when they do? Get their face lifted so much time when they raise their eyebrows, their socks rise up. That is not, it's not, it's not helping you. It is not helping you. Now here's, here's the deal. We laugh about that, but it's, it, it's a deal. Actually, I'm, I'm reading a, an interesting book right now. Uh, it's talking about aging and it's saying how we're, we're, we're we really need to change our, this is interesting, secular book. What you believe about aging determines how long and how well you live. That's why you never hear me talk about being old. I am not old. I'll be 90 and I won't be old. I'll be closer to departing, but I will not be old. <laughs> but, but what you say about it, anyway, all flesh is as grass. And, and nobody, and, and not, Hollywood's not kind. They're not kind to the starlets, you know, they're in their 20s. And uh, we were, Joy and I have always talked about back in the 80s and 90s. Remember when Meg Ryan was like, a, they called her America's sweetheart and just as cute as she could be. And you, you don't hold on to that forever. <laughs> you can try, but you just don't hold on forever. And so here's the, the, the challenge is, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is if that's where your identity is, then it's going to be tough on you. If your whole identity is you used to be the bell of the ball, it's going to be tough when you're not. If your identity was you, you were the, the studliest guy around, and it's going to be tough when you're not. So Paul said, all, Peter said, all flesh is like grass. Grass grows up, got pretty flowers, and it's gone. He said, but God's word endures forever. So we have to build our identity on things that are eternal. Amen. When, you, when we get to heaven, do you, do you honestly think we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of the stuff we talk about down here? I, I don't think so. I don't think you're going to come up to me and go, I can't believe the Astros trade. You got rid of Carlos Correa. I, I, just, I just don't know. <laughs> you know, Alan, would you answer a question? We're in heaven. He's like, would you answer a question? Yeah, like, why, why, why did the Texans go from being a contender to a 4 and 12? We're not going to care. We're not going to care. Yeah. And, and there we have it. 
He said, I, we don't care now. <laughs> Good call. Anyway, the, the things that are eternal is where we want to build, we want to build identity. And that's, here, here's the thing. If God's word's eternal and we begin to build our identity around what God's word says about us, then we're building on something that's solid and something that doesn't change. So let me give you some examples of that. We're called to a new higher identity. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, As you've therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, excuse me, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, rooted and built up in him. So we're talking about identity right there. And established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, as, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, how do we receive him? We received him by faith. We simply believe, we heard the message that he died for us, he died on the cross, that God raised him from the dead, he died for our sins, and that if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we would be saved. That's how we, that's how we came to Christ, right? It's by faith. That's how we did. By grace are you saved through faith. So how we, how we begin to develop an identity in him is actually the very same way. We believe what he says or what he's done for us and we begin to say, we believe that in our heart, and we begin to say that with our mouth. Something we say almost every week, and you know this one. I say every week that we are a new what? Creation. We are a new creation in Christ. Old things passed away, and all things have become new. Well, it's not old things physically, and it's not, you know, if, if you had red hair before you came to the Lord, after you made Jesus your Lord, you still have red hair. It, that didn't change. Joyce said she was so upset when her complexion did not clear up the day after she got saved. <laughs> she thought she got saved in college. She didn't know anything. She said, you're a new creation. She woke up the next morning. She expected, you know, for it to have totally clear skin. But what had changed was what was on the inside. And so we talk about what's on the inside. That's where we're focusing. And that's why we have to do it by faith. I can't see you in Christ. You can't see me in Christ. But we look a whole lot better in him than we do out. And so what we're finding out is, and this is what Paul wrote. He said, he said as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, received him by faith, begin to, to walk in him. What's that mean? That begins, we begin to identify with being connected to him. That's that term, in him. We're connected to him. And one of the, one of the key, he said, abounding in it with thanksgiving. One of the best ways to begin to recognize your identity in Christ is beginning to thank God for it. It's just beginning to go, Lord, thank you that, I, that I'm a new creation. Thank you that old things passed away, especially I, I am brand new. But then as you begin to find out what more things that God has done in you, you can begin to identify with that. So that's, that's what he's talking about. He said, rooted and built up in him. Finding out what Jesus has done for us and done in us. Listen, Christianity is not just a whole bunch of people. We, we, we all agree on the same things. We love the Lord. We're going to go to heaven when we die. Yes, that's true, but it's a lifestyle down here. And it's a lifestyle that changes us. And it begins, as we begin to change our identity, it begins to change us. Now, I want to, I want to go into that um, as we talk about um, our new identity, which is a higher identity. And I was thinking about... Um, the British royalty, there, there were two weddings the past two years. There was Kate who married William. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yep. yeah, Kate and William. 
And then there was Meghan Markle that married with Harry. Is that it? Okay. When, when Kate, who's British, married William, she, she, she caught the groove of what it was like to be British royalty pretty quick. Because when you marry British royalty, how many of you know things change? And the one that really bothered was American Meghan Markle. And when she became British royalty, her, her life changed. And they're kind of like, no, British royalty doesn't do that. So she couldn't just you know, get in her car one day and go, man, I'm going to head down to the mall and do a little shopping. Nope. Not one, you don't drive yourself. You're driven and there are people all around you. And, being, and, the, and every time you step out, like don't be stepping out in your shorts without any makeup because they're going to be, the paparazzi are there, they're snapping pictures all over the place, right? And so what, what happened was she had a very difficult time, and I'm not, this is no indictment of her. She had a very difficult time beginning to, to buy into a new identity of being British royalty. Kate, who was British, boy, she caught on quick and seems to understand the flow of that. But when you're a British royalty, things change. You just can't do anything you want to do because you're royalty. They say, well, what has that got to do with me? A lot. Because we're kingdom royalty. And kingdom royalty means we don't get to do some of the same things we used to do. We have different behavior. Now, you can go to the mall anytime you want, but you can't be nasty at people. And if they get in your parking place, you can't flip them off. Because <laughs> you're kingdom royalty. Amen. Can I get one amen or a grunt? <laughs> True? You say, well, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I'm going to give you scripture. <laughs> Are you ready? Here we go. Colossians 3. Look at this. Again, in the book of Colossians. He said, don't lie to one another. I didn't write this, guys. Don't lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and you have put on the new man. Is that us? Who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him when there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, Republican, or Democrat. No, I just added that. Sla uh, <laughs> slave nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, that's what we are. We're God's elect people. We are kingdom royalty. Elect of God, holy and beloved. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, Bearing with one another and not trolling one another on, on Facebook and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Now, here's, here's, here's what it's saying. Some people say, well, Alan, I don't know if I can come and make, be a Christian because that lifestyle is too hard. Well, well, if you're not a Christian, the lifestyle is too hard. But if you're a changed person, it's, it just, it's who we are. So now we have to determine who we really are. And Paul is saying, you're the elect of God, holy and beloved. Now you're thinking, whoa, that is, that is so not me. It is you. 
what happened is we're just not, we have not become conscious of it. It hasn't gotten in, into our consciousness yet. But it, it can, as it starts to get into our consciousness, that we're not the same people that we used to be. You're not just like a, a refurbished version of you. When you made Jesus your Lord, you became a new creation. Old things passed away. All things became new. You are blessed of God. Now you're no longer outside the family of God. You're in the family of God. And you're talking about royalty? That's royalty right there. You, you, when you come, you don't have to crawl up to the throne and go, Lord, it's just me and I know I'm not anything. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't work here. Or do you belong to Jesus? Yes, sir, I do belong to Jesus. Then you walk in here with your head up. And you walk in here like you belong because you didn't earn this position. Jesus paid an awesome price to give you this. And so now when we walk in, we don't walk in because I don't, I don't walk into, into the throne room and go, Lord, it's me. I'm a pastor. I know you hear me. <laughs> he look at me and go, like, what kind of con game are you trying to pull, Alan? That's a con game. I don't go, I don't go as Alan the pastor. I go as Alan, the one who received Jesus as his Lord, who's been redeemed from the curse of the law and blood washed and blood bought and is God's holy and beloved, not because of what I did, because of what he did for me. Amen. So I go in and someone goes, you got, you got any ID? Have you got any ID? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pull my ID out right here. It doesn't have my picture on. It's got Jesus' picture on it. It goes, oh, you're in Christ. I'm like, yes, sir, I am. Come on into the throne room. Come on in. Come on in boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The only way we can come boldly is because we don't come in our own name and on our own merits we come in him. So if we can come to the throne room in him, if we are seen that way in Christ, then it also changes our perspective and it changes our behavior. Because we're not the same people. And here's, here's the, you say, well, I, I don't feel like it. Here's where, here's where we have to make the, a real strong distinction. Our feelings are not the highest form of truth. Feelings can be fickle. Have you ever woke up and just felt like, I just felt like I'm not even saved. I just feel like God's a million miles away. You don't have to raise your hand. It's all of you. All of us. Because we can't go by our feet. How many of you know that, that uh, I thank God for my background because I knew that once I made Jesus my Lord, that I was saved. And that was such an encouragement. So when the enemy tries to come and tell me I'm not saved, I laugh. Yeah, but you, you messed up. I'm still saved. And I can get forgiven. But I can't live by my feelings. My feelings don't tell me anything about who I am in Christ. I have to receive that by faith. Does that make sense? Because if you, if you try, well, I don't, feel, I don't feel like being merciful and kind and, and I don't feel like being good to people. And I, I don't feel any of this. Listen, if you only do what you feel, you will never do very much. Amen. Feelings are a horrible leader. But they're a much better follower. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you came in tonight? You didn't really feel like coming. Oh, come on. I know there's more honest people than that in here. Okay. But how many of you, after, just after the praise and worship, you felt better? True? And you're like, I'm glad I came. 
Now, let, wait till I finish the message. I actually had a lady come to me one time. She said, I felt real good till I came in here. This was, this, was not, this was not when I was the pastor, but this was years ago when we were doing the singles. And it was kind of depressing. And she came in here, she said, man, I was encouraged till I came in here. That always encourages you as, 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 as a pastor. But, but the thing about it is, if we always went by our feelings, man, we would, we would do some bad things. True? Ever feel like just slapping the snot out of somebody? In Jesus' name? <laughs> Say, Alan, do you feel that way sometimes? <laughs> yes. Do you ever do that? No, 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 no. You heard Matt and I were riding that one time. We were in the know, Yukon at that time, and I'm driving the Yukon. lady gets out, and my lane slows down. Left lane slows down. I'm like, oh, God. And I'm about to, and I never forget, Matt looked at me and said, Probably a church member, Dad. <laughs> because wouldn't it be a little disconcerting to look up in your rear view and have your pastor doing this? Because <laughs> you would expect more of me than that. <laughs> Come on, right? You, but here, here's the thing. It, it's not that as, as a pastor, I'm conscious of representing the church. But as believers, we need to be conscious that we're representing the Lord. That we are his elect. Holy and beloved. You with me? Does that make sense? But that's an identity thing. See, people, a lot of times it's like, well, you know, I got my church life. I got my real life. It's like I got my church time. Oh, come on, you know that. Argue all the way to church. All the way to church. I've done this. Get out in the parking lot, see something under, like, hey, you're like, hey, brother, good to see y'all. Hey, y'all, good. <laughs> How y'all? Praise God, yes. Doing good, doing great. Good, good, good to see you. And, and walking in there off going, I'm, I'm, you did that too. And they're like, no, I didn't. You did, you did. Good to see y'all. I noticed I would argue with Joy, man, you know, from here to the woodlands, you can, you can start and get into a good fight. You can launch one. And uh, I, it is, you know, Justin, you can appreciate this. I could never get through a worship service without repenting. I just couldn't go there and be like, I love you, Lord, but I can't stand my wife. Don't know why you gave her to me. She has wrecked my life. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's hard just to worship and stay angry at the same time. And, I, and, and invariably, I turn and go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We were trying to keep a tender heart. Why? Not, not because we're pushed to. It's because we're changed. We're not the same people. And when we begin to identify with who Jesus has made us, it begins to change our behavior as well and how we respond to people and how we act. Say, well, I'm, I'm trying and I keep messing up. Well, one of the things that you can begin to do is, is begin to thank God 
and begin to thank him of what he's done for you. Lord, I want to thank you that I'm not the same person that I used to be. Thank you, Lord, that you love me. I'm accepted by you. I'm holy and beloved by you. And that makes a difference to begin to think. So here, here's, here's what you need to stop doing. You need to stop, one, putting yourself down and talking about what a sorry Christian you are. That's not helping you. Talking about how bad you are and how much you've missed it and what a failure you are, that's not helping. Don't. Don't do it. Begin to shift that and begin to activate things with your words and begin to say things like, in fact, people come to me, so where do I need to change? I said, the first place to start is with your words. James said that our tongue is like a rudder of a ship. It can, it can get us going in another direction. And if we need to get going in another direction, stop saying, I'm just addicted to this. I can't change this. I can't do anything about this. I just can't do this. That's not helping you. So, Alan, I just, I keep messing up. I'll say, all right, but begin to say, thank God I'm a new creation in Christ. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You see the difference? One, we keep talking defeat. The other, we're talking our new identity in Christ. Yes. And when you begin to talk your new identity in Christ, this is what God's made me. It, it does something for you on the inside. It helps you on the inside. And it begins to, and what happens is you begin to get a reality that I am changed. And I can begin to walk in kindness. I can act kind towards people. I can walk kind towards people without feeling like it. Now, here's where, now see, this is where I, I think in my generation, we're the ones that came up with it. If it feels good, do it. We're, we're the feelings generation. How do you feel? How do you feel about this? How do you feel? I don't feel that way. I just feel, I feel angry. I feel mad. I feel this. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. Why don't we talk about how much we feel instead of talking about what we believe? I believe I can handle that. I believe God will help me. I believe that I've got goodness on the inside of me. I believe the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance are in me. I believe that. Now, here's, here's where the rub comes in. This was totally out of my notes. I got a half my notes tonight. Y'all's fault. And uh, here's where the rub comes in. The rub comes in because we've been taught that if we go against our feelings, we're hypocrites. Right? I mean, I'm just, you hear people, I just got to be real. I'm going to be real. You know, I just speak what's on my mind. You ever heard people say that? I just speak my mind. I tell the truth. Every day those people like that don't have a lot of friends. Because their truth is hard. And if you tell them the truth, <laughs> they don't like it. But if, if I do something different than how I feel, I'm a hypocrite. Not if I'm doing something based on who I am. If the Bible says that I am God's elect, holy and beloved, a new creation, then when I act with loving kindness or gentleness or mercy or forgiveness, am I acting hypocritical? Think about that now. If this is who I am, this is who the Bible says I am, and I'm saying, this is, this is my identity. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm changed. He's changed me on the inside. I'm different. I'm identifying with him. I'm his, I'm his royalty. I'm his child. 
How many know God doesn't have any second-class children? I'm his child. Some of you have family rules, don't you? I've looked at my kids and go, you're a Clayton. You don't act that way. I had nothing to do with that junior high thing. But anyway, you had, you're, you're a Clayton. You don't act that way. Some, how many of you have ever looked at your children and go, that's not how we do as a family? That's not how we operate as a family. I hope you do that. And as, as parents look at their kids and go, that's not how we operate. Well, we're in God's family. We're his kids and we're not second-class citizens. So he says, you're my children. You're kind and gracious and loving and merciful to people. And you, you don't look at him and go, nuh-uh. I don't feel that way. I'm sure, look, oh, you don't feel that way. Well, that makes it okay. Bless your heart, it's true. Well, that makes it okay. No, no. Here's the deal. If this is who God says I am, then if I'm acting in accordance with that, forget what my feelings said. Tell me. Amen. I'm going to spend a little time on this one, but not tonight. Any of it work for somebody? You have a boss. You have a boss. Somebody who tells you what to do. Do you ever feel like telling your boss to go take a short, a long walk on a short pier? <laughs> you ever feel like just telling your boss off? But you don't do it if you want to keep your job. So you, you, you go against your feelings. Your boss says something. You might work for a nasty boss. Just look straight ahead. And if any of my, if you're my staff are here, you'd be looking somewhere else. But <laughs> you might work for a nasty boss, and you just, you just feel like going, you're an idiot, but you don't do that because you want to keep your job. You feel like doing that, but you don't do it. Is that being a hypocrite? That's called being smart. Yes. Being employed. Paying bills, adulting, great word, great word, adulting, paying bills. You don't do that. Well, here's the deal. If God says, this is who you are, and you feel like just telling somebody, you're an idiot, honking the horn, give them, give them the one-fingered salute. <laughs> but you don't do it because you recognize I'm in God's family. I'm his child. I represent him. Are you being a hypocrite? No, you're being biblically smart. Spiritually smart. Does that make sense? And we've got to, we've got to get past this feeling stuff, guys. The Bible never said we walk by feelings. It says we walk by faith, not by sight. Sometimes you're going to feel like, I just feel like, man, I'm on top of the world. Sometimes you feel like, where'd the Lord go? He left me. He never left you. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So whether we can feel it or not, he is with us always. Right? And we learn to operate that way. We'll talk about this some more. But, our, but here's the thing. If we can begin to tie in our identity, that our identity in Christ is bigger than our feelings and our background and our tradition and all that stuff. We're starting to make progress. You're his kids. And you're blessed. And he loves you. He's got good things for you. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful tonight for your goodness. Thank you that you have made us in Christ. Holy and, you're, you're elect, holy and loved 
beloved children. Thank you we can represent you well. Thank you that we can represent you and shine your light in a dark generation that needs your love so much. Thank you for that. Sends are bowed, eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, you know, Alan, I appreciate all that stuff you shared, but I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. Or I had a relationship with the Lord, and I've gotten so far away from him, and I know it, and he knows, he knows it, but I don't, want to, I don't want to stay there. I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. And I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you make a connection with the one who loves you more than anybody else. And the one who can make the huge, hugest difference in your life now and for eternity. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you that I'm talking to and you say, I want in, I want in, would you pray for, with me? Would you shoot your hand up just real quick, just across the auditorium? Say, that, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Got you in the back. Yeah. Anyone else? Great. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you didn't raise your hand and you, and you really wanted to, you can pray this prayer. This is a heart prayer. We believe with our heart. We confess with our mouth. So we're going to pray it with you as a church family online. If, if you're watching online, you're by yourself. Pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. But we're going to pray this prayer together. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who've come out of spiritual darkness and delight, for those who've come back home, give you all the praise. Thank you for what you're doing in them, through them. Thank you. They're now your children, holy and beloved before you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.